0: Do you want a slice of the $144 billion that Chinese consumers spend on cross-border e-commerce each year? Yes? Well, the first question is, what is cross-border e-commerce? And the second question is, how does it work when trading with China? My name is David James, and in this episode of UK Export Advice, I'm talking to Jack Porteous, Client Services Director at Samarkand Global, to get the answer to these questions and plenty more. Just as a quick aside, I'm David, the host and producer of UK Export Advice. If you would like me to produce a podcast or video for your organization, just get in touch via LinkedIn or email me at david at ukexportadvice.co.uk or david at brighthorngroup.com. Okay, Jack, so we've talked in the last episode about Samarkand Global. How you help British consumer brands enter China and why China's a good market for any consumer brand and the way that you operate. One thing we haven't really explained or gone into any great detail is this is a cross-border e-commerce model. For those people a bit like me that don't really have much understanding of the difference between cross-border and other forms of export, what what is cross-border trade?
1: Yeah, um, it's it's a really good question, and it's one that's got, like most things with China, extra levels of complication. Um, so um, I, I'm sure many of your listeners and you will have had this experience if you order something on uh, Alibaba or you order something on uh, AliExpress or an American website to have delivered to the UK. Uh often you will end up having to go to the post office and pay tax on the import of those products right um essentially what you're doing is a, is cross-border e-commerce right you are buying from a uh, a tax jurisdiction outside of your own um and then having to go and, and and deal with the import process yourself um so fundamentally that's what cross-border e-commerce is the difference with china is that um they it's it was such an enormous phenomenon and i'm kind of I'd kind of like to just go through the history of it a bit as well in a minute, just to explain why, um, that the Chinese authorities have set up a specific route to market for international brands, which is called cross-border e-commerce. And the reason that's important is um, it has a different tax regime. Uh, there's a specific logistics route you need to go through, um, and it can provide a much better customer experience if you get it right than them, than somebody having to go down to the post office with their passport, pay a load of tax just to pick up the the um, you know the toothpaste or whatever they've ordered from your website. Um, so yeah, if 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 you're happy for me to go into it, David, um, just kind of if I can give a very brief history of why cross-border e-commerce exists.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I suppose we uh, I suppose we're, we're differentiating here between cross border e commerce. Effectively, means we're selling our stock almost from directly in the UK, and it gets transported on aircraft. I'm assuming overnight or two or three days, uh, and gets delivered directly. I'm not having to go and find a distributor in China and go and have the meetings and set up the contracts. I'm I'm selling directly using e commerce. And and that's fundamentally the difference, is it? It means we're using e-commerce and we're using air freight to service those e-commerce sales. That's kind of in a nutshell. Is that that's what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, I guess if you were going to boil it down, it is um, a B two C transaction where the business selling the product is based outside of China, and the consumer wanting to buy the product is a uh, mainland Chinese resident. Um, so the point at which it crosses the customs border is as the you know when the consumer buys it, right? Um, rather than there being a you know distributor or importer there uh, earlier in the journey. Um, and you're right, it, you know, often it can be shipped from the UK or Europe or wherever uh, to to China by air freight. There are also ways of having it in bonded zones in china as well so that you can get it there in bulk first and then ship from there uh, but that's normally a solution that bigger brands will take where they've kind of got guaranteed sales volumes that they're they're working in that they've built up over a couple of years of selling through this channel
0: okay great yeah so you were going to, you were going to talk about the history of uh, chinese cross-border trade and, and how it differs or 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 what it actually means
1: yeah exactly so it kind of it goes back all the way to 2005 um which thinking that that's 15 years ago makes me feel a bit old all of a sudden but um in 2005 uh, a lot of overseas students uh acquaintances of people they knew um would be buying products overseas um often in uh south korea japan hong kong australia the us and the uk in particular um to to you know either send back as gifts to their uh, family and friends or that they were buying them on behalf of those people because uh, the product wasn't available in china um, and then some of those transformed that into a professional buying business and were selling via uh, this channel and just posting it back uh, to, to their, their friends and family, and then sometimes to a wider network uh, beyond that as well. That was really about big-name brands that weren't available in China um, or that were available but with incredibly high prices because of the uh, tax regime that was in place on imported luxury goods at that time uh, in China. Um, there was a lot of problems with uh, authenticity, of products being shipped through that channel at that time. Um, you go forward a few years, and I, I think that a couple of your other guests in past podcasts have maybe uh, referenced this as well. There was a big scandal in 2008, which has really shaped the e-commerce uh, development of the e-commerce landscape in China. Um, which was the uh, baby milk—you uh, know—the the, the issue with um, bad baby milk being sold, baby milk powder formula um in china of a domestic brand that sadly led to illness and death amongst some infants um within china and there being a a lot of uh trust lost uh in domestic brands where there is a safety concern um in particular things that you give to your kids young babies um or things that you yourself would ingest or put on your skin um and so that kind of accelerated the move towards more mainstream platforms with better logistics and prices and a more professionalized service. Um, and then in 2014, so a few years after that, you started seeing the e-commerce platforms offer a cross-border element of their platforms. So Alibaba's uh, Tmall introduced Tmall Global, JD, JD Worldwide, etc. cetera. Um, to offer more traceability genuine goods offering a route to market for international brands to present their products to the chinese consumer cross-border uh, without relying on these big low-level professional buying networks that have built up over the kind of past eight nine years um, alongside this they the the government um Introduced prefer- uh, preferential tax rates for uh, for products that were being sold through this uh, through this channel. So uh, VAT levied at a lower rate that still stands to this day. So it's only levied at seventy percent of the prevailing rate of, of VAT in China for cross-border e-commerce uh, transactions, um, and it also kind of had that that rubber stamp of being a government-approved route to market. Um, surprisingly and we're going we're coming back coming forward almost to the present day now uh, it wasn't until 2019 that the first law was introduced to govern e-commerce in China it had been a largely unregulated space um, which is quite unusual for China up to that time um, um, they implemented that law um, it brought down the tax rates as well on cross-border e-commerce and uh, uh, product categories. So we saw quite a big drop from on some of the luxury categories in particular coming down by kind of 10% or more um, of the of the duties that were levied. Um, but the other big thing that it did is um, it tried to force these overseas professional buyers, or Daigo, as they are known, um, to um, register to pay tax. The Chinese government, can see that all of these kind of essentially c-to-c transactions that are happening of overseas chinese selling products on uh, e-commerce platforms from overseas um, they are n- not paying uh tax on the on the sales that they're making right um and often the products aren't going through the cross-border e-commerce channel they're just going through like a personal post as if it's a you know, something, a gift, something you're sending to your friend. So the customer also isn't paying tax on the product. So the Chinese government, you know, clogged onto the fact that it was missing out on a huge amount of potential tax revenue. Um, And so what that has done is it's really kind of incentivized the platforms to work more extensively with international brands to make sure that they've got the product offering on their website in legitimate means. um, And uh, they can prove the, authenticity of the goods um and and they're the kind of things that really drive cross-border e-commerce in china now so availability of products i mentioned earlier Um, beauty is a massive category for cross-border e-commerce because of the restrictions on beauty products entering china through general import to be sold in supermarkets or specialist stores on shelves in china um which are generally around the the registration uh, process required for beauty brands, which still involves a mandatory element of animal testing for all imported brands. So cruelty-free brands not interested in in having products on the shelf in China because they don't want to go through that process. Uh, that doesn't apply on cross-border e-commerce. Um, and then the, the second part is the authenticity of the goods. So Chinese consumers, you know, you might ask if uh, if a product is available and it's in Shanghai, and you could have it the next day. Why would someone in Shanghai order it from uh, an overseas vendor uh, and have to wait 10 days for it to be delivered by air freight? And the answer to that is this uh, fundamental issue with wanting to know that products are authentic, that they are coming directly from the brand. um, And, you know, the inconvenience of having to wait for it is something that, that people are happy to, Chinese consumers are happy to invest that time in waiting for it um because they know it's authentic um and it, you know and it's it's been an established route to market and an established buying channel for chinese consumers for a number of years now so they're increasingly comfortable with it um, in 2019 uh, it was worth 144 billion dollars um as a, as a as a total market uh, which was growth of more than 10% on 2018
0: just, just give me that figure again $144 billion for Chinese cross border.
1: Yeah, for Chinese consumers buying products cross border from overseas.
0: Give me the number again
1: $144 billion. Which was That's ten- a lot of money. Yeah, and it was 10, 10% growth um on on 2018 that growth rate has been coming down over a number of years but it obviously started fairly low in in 2014 when it all kicked off and you know you saw incredible rates of growth um but it's leveling out at somewhere between five and ten percent uh year on year growth um in in terms of as a proportion of overall e-commerce in china it's not you know it's not huge china is an e-commerce behemoth and uh more than 50 percent of e-commerce globally happens in China, right? So um, this is only, you know, it's less than 10%. It's about 5%, I think, of the, of the total value of, of Chinese e-commerce transactions. Um, but importantly, um, the proportion of premium and imported products that are being purchased through cross-border e-commerce um, is obviously a lot higher than through domestic Chinese e-commerce where Chinese brands are incredibly strong.
0: Okay, so a few questions, I guess. What is it that the Chinese are buying $144 billion worth of every year? And is it all around? Because if if people are paying more and waiting longer to get it, but it's about the authenticity, etc., is it, is it all the strong brands, the big brands that are, that are making the sales? What's, yeah, what is it people are buying and why are they buying it cross-border than, rather than just buying the Chinese one?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, there are, um, as I said, there's, a, there's, the, there's the authenticity and safety concern stuff. So baby milk powder is still a huge cross-border uh, category. Some food and drink products as well um as well as uh, other mother and baby products so car seats or prams things with a safety uh element to them and then beauty which combines you know skincare it's something you're putting you know on your on your body so there is a safety element to it but then also the availability element and that's one of the big trends that we're starting to see now um is that there's a lot more uh availability-driven purchasing. So if you wanted to buy, um, you know, a Burberry coat, you can go into one of the many Burberry stores in China or you can go to, you know, Burberry's flagship store on Tmall domestic where the product is stocked uh, locally to you and have it delivered uh, within, you know, a couple of days uh, at the most, even if you live somewhere out Kind of in the in the you know in the far reaches of Western China. Um, consumers in Shanghai, younger consumers in particular, and in other major cities in China, the first tier cities like Shenzhen, Guangzhou, Beijing, and some of the the next tier down as well, um, are not just interested in that top tier of international brands. They're interested in new cool, uh, slightly more niche products and brands uh, that have developed a following in their home market, um, or are internationally cool, or have got specific USPs. Uh, If it's not, you know, if it's not fashion, if it's a piece of consumer tech or something, uh, they've got, you know, uh, something completely different about them. um, And they're wanting to be able to differentiate their uh, their fashion, their lifestyle products, the beauty products they use, whatever it is, uh, from other people around them, much more like young people in, uh, you know, in, the, in in Europe, and that kind of self-actualized shopping uh, habits that you really see um, see over here. That's really starting to take hold, especially in Shanghai and other Tier One cities, and we're expecting that to move on. Um, so you're starting to see uh, for for categories where cross-border is strong, like uh, fashion accessories, for, instru- for instance, um, some slightly more niche handbag brands uh, are really doing quite well on cross-border e-commerce that aren't necessarily household names in the UK, but that have, um, you know, an interesting following and the right kind of clients, uh, be it high-end stores, celebrities in the West. Then they can they can leverage that and also build in China. Um, a note on on fashion in general. Cross border e commerce, um, there are limits uh, to how well it works because of the difficulty of operating returns. Um, so, if you are, I don't know, shoes are a particular example of this. If you're a trainer brand or a high heel shoe brand or something, um, you know, there is a lot more discomfort of buying a pair of shoes from the UK that's going to take 10 days to get to you and then might not fit and it's going to be very difficult to return um, than there is buying a handbag where you've not got those uh, sizing concerns um, around it.
0: Okay so I, I don't know if we, we'll be getting off topic here a little bit but when you're talking about scarcity you're, you're talking about I'm going to go no, you didn't say scarcity, you said availability. When you're talking about availability, you're talking about it's available online, so I'm going to buy it online. Is, is that what we're talking uh, about? So,
1: I mean, so if, if, or, you, if you went into... Or is it is
0: it the scarcity that makes it more attractive?
1: Yeah, so look, if you're a really cool streetwear brand, you know, streetwear has been a massive movement in China over the last couple of years. It's, it's you know, done very well. Yeah. Um, And there's a couple of brands that are that are incredibly penetrated and have their own stores in China. Um, But if you want, you know, as a 24 year old, cool, well off Chinese, uh, you know, bright young thing, what you want to differentiate your fashion from everybody else by getting the the latest London streetwear brand. that might not be available yet in department stores in China. They probably won't have their own stores yet, right? The boutiques aren't necessarily stocking it. Um, but what that what they can do is either go directly to your brand's website and buy it from there, um, or if somebody like Tmall Global has had the foresight to to list the products uh, because they've seen that this is going to be a trend, then they can you know access it through those. Uh, cross-border sites but it's just that maybe you know there isn't it's not everywhere in china yet so there's there's just a differentiated uh product selection that you can get on cross-border e-commerce because you can access anybody's.com website and, and place an order through it if you can speak english
0: ah right okay now that 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 is something i've not talked about yet with cross-border is i've been thinking about cross-border as in the e-commerce platform mm-hmm is in China it's Chinese it's built for Chinese people it's it's a WeChat mini shop or whatever they're called or it's Tmall or whatever I hadn't really thought about cross-border of people going on to my website uk. it's an English website it's got my super cool vinyl jackets with uh, cool written on the back in Diamante studs um <laughs> <laughs> I I I you can see I'm not a great follower of fashion. I'm I'm struggling here. I'm out of my depth. But so cross border could be Chinese twenty four year old bright young thing in Shanghai comes to my website.co.uk, goes I really like that cool vinyl jacket with cool written on the back of it. It clicks by uh that that effectively is is the same process. I mean I guess if, if I'm on the other end of receiving that order, I'm kind of going, oh my goodness, I've got an order from Shanghai. I don't know what to do with it. I'm panicking. But I'm guessing I just phone up one of the express couriers and say, I need to send this to Shanghai. How much is it going to cost? They sort it out. Is there a difference between cross-border like that from people hitting my UK website versus what, what you're talking about with the... Um,
1: with the platforms.
0: It's kind of the... Yeah, the purpose-built for cross-border. What what what's the technical difference in terms of te- technically uh, is is there a difference? And then in terms of the actual difference, the process. I I guess the Samakan solution, Samakan Global solution, is looking at the other end, isn't it? At the this is built for the Chinese consumer, but it allows you to buy British goods versus I'm a Chinese consumer buying from a .co.uk uk website. Um, what, I mean, what, we, where's where's we, the where's the value in building the one for for the Chinese consumer at the Chinese end rather than letting them fight their way through the Great Firewall of China and and hitting the dot dot uk Sorry, very complicated long question, but I, I I could have made it a lot simpler, but I think you understand what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> no, I think I do, and and incidentally, you know, and I'll I'll mention this at the end, but we at some we do have solutions for both of those. Um, um selling through a branded proprietary.com or.co.uk website and also enabling you to sell on chinese platforms um so i guess i guess the first difference is reach right tmall has got hundreds of millions of registered users kaola has got hundreds of millions of registered users whatever your platform is a small platform in china has tens of millions of registered users um so If you can access, if you can get your product in front of those people by having, you know, the right marketing strategies on that platform, then you're getting reach that you wouldn't get just by having your website sat in the mess, you know, of the global internet amongst millions and millions of other sites, right? So that's kind of one element. Um, What we do, what we are seeing, though, is that Chinese consumers have become a lot more comfortable shopping on overseas dot com websites Um, and uh, one thing that brands and the the kind of Western retailers haven't really managed to achieve yet is optimizing the consumer experience for their Chinese visitors Um, and we're starting to see more people doing it now and that's something that we we kind of are trying to encourage people to do and provide solutions to enable them to do that. you only really get that traffic though when people have heard of your brand. People are looking for you specifically, right? Uh, there is a, a a great example of a British brand. Uh, it's called Strathberry. Not someone we work with. This isn't a, a plug, but they are a handbag brand um, who have you know a very well optimised website for uh, for China. They sell a huge quantity of handbags directly from their website based in, in the UK, to Chinese consumers. Um, you know, I go and check it out, Google them, um, and, and set the website in Chinese and, and play around. Even if you can't read it, just click some buttons, see what happens, and uh, don't blame me if you order something. Um, the, um, the the secondary element is, is kind of what I was talking about at the start as well, and, and you were alluding to a bit there, is the logistics side of it, right? What's the difference between... Selling it through Team or Global, or selling it through your own .com website. Selling it through Team or Global, your product has to go through this cross-border e-commerce channel that we were talking about, with the tax rates uh, that are preferential, um, with the uh, better customs registration. So when your product is listed on a Chinese e-commerce platform, it has to be pre-registered with customs, um, which means that you know you've got it, it gets through quicker. Um, you it's going through duty paid. Um, So it's a better customer experience in that respect. You don't have to do that with your own website. And if you ring up one of the big courier companies, big international courier companies, they don't register your product with Chinese customs, they just send it. And if it gets inspected at the border, which about 50% of all parcels do now, um, then the customer will have to go and pay the tax themselves. So that's a bit of a messy consumer experience. It's not what you'd want to be happening with potentially your, you know, your best new customer in in Guangzhou or Shanghai or wherever it might be. Um, So that's the solution that we are providing for uh, companies, brands here in the UK um, who have a website that is already getting perhaps some traffic from China. Um, You know, you've got, you know, let's say you're a fashion brand. You've got a handful of stockists across China, like fashion boutiques, uh, a couple of online stores perhaps who who are buying your products. And what you're starting to see is that your return customers are coming to find out more information about your brand. They're coming to your website to get the brand history and they want to see your full range as well. Any stockist in China is only going to have your core Um, or a small proportion of your range. So they wanna see what else you've got to offer. And maybe then you're getting brands who have got a not inconsiderable, you know, starting at a couple of orders a week, moving up to kind of tens of orders a week, going out to China. And what they wanna do is ensure that those customers are getting the same level of customer care service delivery as their customers here in the UK or elsewhere in Europe that they can deliver to easily and quickly, and, and with, you know, a, a good experience. Um, so Samarkand has got a product called Nomad Checkout. Nomad is our technology platform. Checkout, uh, because it's providing a checkout service for your website, um, and what that does is it allows, first, the Chinese consumer to, ch- to uh, complete the checkout process on the, on, on your website, um, in Mandarin Chinese and using their preferred payment methods. So Alipay, WeChat Pay, Union Pay. Um, then secondly, it shows them the price with uh, duties paid um, through the tech integrations that we've got with Chinese customs and with China's second largest courier uh, courier firm, SF Express, um, who we work with very closely. So Um, It means that they are seeing the price with the duties and the logistics, the delivery fee uh, included in it. They also get a tracking link um, as soon as they purchase the product so that they can see where the product is along the whole journey from your warehouse Uh, in the UK, posted to our warehouse in the UK, which we then air freight out to China um, and then goes through customs and then is delivered by SF Express for the final mile. They can follow that whole journey if they wish on the the tracking link. Um, So it provides them with some peace of mind there. And it also means that because the duties are paid, there's not that 50% chance that they're going to have to go and pick it up in person from the post office with their passport um, and pay the duties that are owed on it um because it's it's going straight through customs and getting delivered to their house or their place of work um so we're trying to bring the experience of, of shopping through a brand's website up to the same level as, as shopping through uh, a chinese e-commerce platform in that respect um and if you're already getting traffic to your website great make sure that you are Uh, looking after those customers because you're getting better margins selling through your own website than you would through selling through someone else's, right? Um, And you're also building a direct relation with the customer. So there's loads of advantages for the brand of being able to do that.
0: Yeah, you've just made me think about a whole load of opportunities there. I mean, I guess the first thing people, anybody listening to this, is go and have a look at your analytics and all of those hits from China. Do not ignore them. They're really important. And if people are buying from China, I guess that says, you know, you need to make that process as easy as possible. Look after those first people buying from your website because they could be the start of a whole trend and
1: um, yeah, yeah and, just and making
0: life a little bit easier.
1: If you're getting traffic really but not help. selling as well, that's a really important thing to look at because there might be something going wrong. If 5% of your visitors to your website are from China, but you're not getting any sales, then there's something happening there. And you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to people about it you know, one-on-one because it'll be different for every brand, but there's probably something that is preventing them from making that purchase, whether it is lack of delivery information, uh, they aren't able to check out because you're not offering Chinese payment methods, whatever it might be, there's a problem. So you might be missing out on sales. You might've got some pent up demand. Um, and those people, as you said, could be your biggest advocates in China, they might be recommending it to their friends. Uh, you know, they might be buying it as gifts for other people. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're treating them well.
0: Well, Jack, I think we're going to have to leave it there because uh, we're. I'm, I'm, I'm very mindful of your time and we've gone well over the 20 minutes I thought we'd do. And I'm sure we could do another hour at least. But um, I, I just really like the term pent up demand. So maybe that's that's going to I'm going to put that on the back of my black vinyl jacket rather than uh, cool in in Diamante studs uh, although I'm not sure that's what something I'm 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 going to stop talking now
1: Jack, fashion slogan for 2020 I think you I think I think you've nailed yeah. it David
0: <laughs> Yeah no I think it's better as a as a as a business term within the fashion industry rather than a slogan isn't it pent up demand I think we could get ourselves into all sorts of bother um jack okay so i've got lots of chinese uh, people visiting my website i don't know what to do with them how do i get in touch with you jack so you can help me
1: um so there are contact us buttons on our website which is samarkand.global s-a-m-a-r-k-a-n-d.global or you can send me an email directly jack at samarkand.global or if you search for me on linkedin um, i'll probably come up my name is jack porteous
0: spell portius for us i'll
1: spell it out it's p-o-r-t-e-o-u-s i'm only one vowel short of a full set
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> well maybe you, maybe you need to just uh portiosi or something like that. We'll, add, <laughs> we'll add an eye on the end for you jack wonderful to talk to you again thank you very much for your time and i'm sure we will talk again and perhaps uh, next time we could talk to sam as well because uh, i know he he had an urgent call today but uh, it's been great speaking to you
1: Yeah, it's been really good. Thank you for having me on and I look forward to speaking to you again in the
0: future. My name is David James and I'd just like to say a big thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of UK Export Advice. Please do let others know about the podcast and why not also check out the Midlands Export Podcast, which I produce for the Department for International Trade. If you'd like me to produce a podcast or video for your organization, please do get in touch via LinkedIn or email me on david at brighthorngroup.com. That's david at bright as in star, horn as in trumpet, group.com. Thanks again for listening and good luck with all your endeavors.